The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Happy Friday. Congratulations, you made it to the weekend. I have an all new episode today. And today, my guest, you may know her from Instagram, where she is dishing all the Bravo gossip while wearing a wig and Ramona crazy eyes. But that is by design because she works in mental health, which is why I brought her here today to help unpack the human mind when it comes to social media and our behavior and why and how we judge one another. So welcome Chelsea, AKA Ono Bravo to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get into all of the things behind all of the lovely trolls out there on social media. Right, I know it's crazy. So for myself and everyone that follows you and everyone listening, can you give us just a little bit of your backstory and breadth of work and what you studied and the work that you've done and the work that you do? Yeah, definitely. So This is a new venture of doing a podcast related to this side of my life because usually I'm just talking about vapid, silly shows on Bravo. But (laughs) so, yeah, like you said, I have my whole disguise on Instagram because I am remaining somewhat anonymous because of my work in the mental health field. So, I am a licensed clinical social worker, I'm a therapist. My work is primarily with children and families, and I'm community based, which means I go out to people's homes and I do therapy with families and working on the family unit in particular. So that's my background. Is that hard? It's challenging, but it's also so rewarding. There are tough days and you definitely have to learn how to navigate and compartmentalize and come home and take off that work hat to real, to live your life. But that's actually like where Bravo came in because it was so nice. And it was an exercise in self-care of coming home and just like, watching silly shows where people are fighting over, (laughs) you know, table assignments and like, how dare you say this to my husband? And it's nice to like watch other people's drama and just kind of disconnect from real life. Escapism for sure. I want to get to the social media stuff in a minute, but I want to sort of unpack fandom or, or really like the dichotomy of a fan, because I believe that it exists in two places. Fans do exist in two places because on one hand, you have fans who are loving and supportive and, you know, are champions for you and hype you up and shower with love and adoration. And then you have the evil twin, which is a troll. I mean, they still are following and are active, you know, commenting and are still consumers of your, you know, your work of your music or your TVs or movies. If you don't like something or don't watch a show, you're not a troll. So if I'm not into a particular artist or an actor, that doesn't make me a troll. So I feel like what is your professional opinion on 
fans and trolls? Like when and how does that happen? That transition, do you think? I feel like stan culture is so is such a slippery slope. Like there's a difference between really, really liking somebody and being a stan. And I would say the opposite side of that coin of standum is trolldom. And oftentimes it will flip, right? Like oftentimes, if I'm sure for you, if you were to go through your DMs of somebody that's constantly sending you horrible messages, if you were to scroll up to the top, I bet that eight times out of 10, that person began by DMing you really positive things. And I, I find it so fascinating, especially with Bravo in particular, that there are such extremes of standum, meaning no matter what a person does, a fan or a watcher of the show is not going to hold them accountable for any actions because they're untouchable in a good way. And then the opposite of that, as far as trolldom of somebody like the person can't win, this person is going to seek out, even though, like you said, they're consuming your content, they're watching your stories, they're watching your show, they're, they're finding ways to pick you apart. And I think on either side of it, it comes down to human connection that these people are thinking that they know you. And I'm speaking for, you know, let, let's say Vanderpump rules, they're watching you on their screen. So they feel like they know you and they know your life. Now we know that editing is a thing and they're condensing down your entire life to like a 45 minute show. But the troll will see that, feel like they know you and feel like they have the right to comment on your life in a way that they feel like they really know you. But what is the disconnect? Why? Yeah, like why? <laughs> what is the disconnect in someone's life? Or Because I mean, there's many people can watch a show, be a fan of a show and be like, mm, that was good. I enjoyed that. And then just move on with their day. So what is happening in a person's life? What is going on inside of their head that makes them become that? So I feel like we need to split the troll into two categories. I would say the first troll is the person that truly just enjoys harming others. This will be a lot of times you'll see the Finsta account or somebody that is like blatantly posting like under the post in the comment section for everybody to see just like blatantly harmful things that they know are going to get a rise and a reaction. And that type of person, a lot of times actually lacks a lot of empathy. They enjoy harming other people. They enjoy getting that reaction. And that type of person, it's actually associated quite frequently with a personality disorder, specifically narcissistic personality disorder, where they feel like their opinions are so warranted that they should be weighing in. And then the other side of that is the person that is truly trying to reach out to make a change or to look for a change. And that can be in a healthy or an unhealthy way. It could be somebody, you know, sliding into your DMs and being like, Hey, by the way, you said this thing on a podcast. It could be perceived this way, like trying to reach out, or it could be somebody that's like, I really hated your outfit on watch what happens. How dare you? You know, like they, <laughs> they're looking for a change now, whether or not their approach is healthy or unhealthy is a whole other conversation. But I would distinguish between those two, that there's the troll that is truly just looking for the reaction. And then there's the person that's like, it's a little more nuanced because they're feeling like they know you well enough that they can comment on your life. Yeah. I mean, it's both wild and strange to me because I've, you know, never felt compelled to share my opinion because like to me, how I've gotten <laughs> through life and through being on this show and having, you know, 
being on social media and having a lot of opinions thrown at me is just, yeah, you know, getting a thick skin and having to remind myself that the only opinions that matter are the people that, you know, I'm close to and that love me, you know? So it's just, it just has never occurred to me to share my opinion with somebody who doesn't know me, who doesn't value yeah. me in that sense. So it's just, it's crazy that there's just people who are out there doing that. I've asked this question to myself, to people just out of morbid curiosity, like why people do this. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know in this regard, if I'm the best person to break this down as I have an entire Instagram account where I am constantly weighing in on people that I don't know and don't see. But I think when it comes to trolls, there is also this element of when you're behind a screen, it's very similar to that liquid courage phenomenon of alcohol, where you start to have those inhibitions lowered. You start to feel like, okay, well, I'm behind the screen. I've got this Finsta account. I can really say what I want. And there's that anonymity that comes with it, that you also feel like you can say more than you would say to somebody at a grocery store. And I think it speaks to this phenomenon that a lot of times we will find things in others that are actually characteristics about ourselves, that if we were to do some introspective work, they're characteristics that we don't necessarily like about ourselves. And a lot of times when we see it reflected back to us, especially on reality television, when there is such a cast of characters and I just ask anybody who's listening, I want you to picture the person on Bravo that really rubs you the wrong way. Not the one that you like truly hate and like cannot stand and don't even follow on social media. I'm talking about the person that you watch on Bravo or on, you know, whatever you watch. That's a reality character that just rubs you the wrong way and you find them annoying and really think about that and just reflect, you know, throughout the week, if you're just like thinking about them from time to time, or if you tune in, if it's a show that's currently on, start to ask yourself, what is it about them that is so annoying to you? Because I guarantee that in the majority of instances, it's you're noticing things about this person that you also do or say that maybe you haven't realized bothers you about yourself, but you're, it's much easier to shit on another person than to shit on yourself. <laughs> a lot of times, you know what I mean? Like, it's much easier to be like, oh, that person is so annoying. Not really thinking about the fact that like, you might do those same things too. All right. Time for just a quick little break. So if you are like me, sometimes life just gets a little crazy. We get busy and we just don't have the time or energy to cook a healthy meal. You know, we're running around, we got errands, maybe you got kids or dogs or a busy job. But, you know, we do want to eat healthy. We don't want to fall into that takeout rut. I know I've been there and my body doesn't like that. My bank account don't like that. But that has all changed now that I have found Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers delicious food, all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. It takes literally minutes to prepare and I never have to think twice if the food I'm eating is good for me. Daily Harvest is ready when you are. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to enjoy it so you waste less food too. And I love it. I get to go online, pick out all the things I want, whether it's like a smoothie or an oat bowl. They've got harvest bowls. They even got ice cream. So you have so much variety and I sometimes have daily harvest for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'm so happy and so satisfied. I've talked about how much I 
love the smoothies. I have one every single day, but I'm digging the harvest bowls. You have no idea. I just love that Daily Harvest takes out all of the guesswork for my meals that week. It's clean. It's already prepped. So I'm not making a mess. It's delicious. It's nutritious. And I love, love, love Daily Harvest. So get started today. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code love me to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code love me for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. That's dailyharvest.com. All right, back to the podcast. That is like such an interesting sort of exercise to do that not a lot of people I'm sure would actually want to participate in because no one wants to say like, wow, this person is like so annoying the way they do X, Y, and Z but would never think about applying that same rule to themselves. I mean, I think people want to often watch reality TV with a different kind of morality compass or lens over it, not thinking about sort of their own past history and their own relationships and friendships. And, you know, thinking about like, have I ever done this? (laughs) Well, if I can make it really awkward right now, Katie. So I have not been particularly kind to your husband on my Instagram page. And if I were to look inward and think about it, it's because a lot of the characteristics I see of him, of like his boyish charm. And sometimes (laughs) when I'm watching you on screen, I'm like, she is right. Why is everybody saying she's wrong? Like Tom is just cute, but Katie is right. Like (laughs) when I see that, I see a lot of characteristics of past relationships I've had where I've been painted as like, the tequila Katie, the crazy one. And I'm like, no, like Katie is right in this situation. (laughs) So that's why like, you know, but it's so interesting. And that's what makes reality TV fun because yeah, it's vapid and silly, but you can also there it's real. Like, yes, it's edited and there's storylines and there's behind the scenes stuff, but it's real human connections that we're seeing play out. And so of course, everybody brings their own unique perspective to the table when tuning in. So everybody's triggered by different people. Everybody, you know, stands somebody else. And it's just then when that fun side of it turns dark and gets a little bit insidious, that that's where it turns into that dark underbelly of social media where you're seeing things play out and you feel like you can comment because you're like, well, that's like when I went through this, also forgetting the part that like these are separate relationships and people than you. Yes. And just because you would handle something a certain way in that instance, and it didn't play out that way, doesn't give you liberty to go on and want to like (laughs) type out a like complete diatribe to that person on how (laughs) shitty they are. And I think, I think, okay, where when it comes to reality TV, you're not given that backstory. You're not given the nuanced information, the the history of that person. Cause you know, it is our upbringing. It is our traumas, all those things that kind of shape us into who we are and how we approach situations and how we handle situations. And so it's very interesting for people to just be dropped into a reality show of where they are in life and people just like, just catching them at that moment in their life. Right. Yeah. And then to speak to the editing side of it, it's really at the whim of the editors of like, 
who are we going to, you know, show this talking head of this person explaining this backstory or, or who this season is going to talk about their childhood trauma or who this season is going to be able to explain themselves more. And it's not always included because shows are an hour long and it's not going to always be so black and white. And I find it so interesting when there's a feud on one of these shows and just the teams that form. And I actually, on my account, I really like it. I like the debate. I like going back and forth. I think it's like our sports. Like this yeah, is our, like, is you know, like <laughs> this is our ESPN. This is our Super Bowl. Super the reunions Bowl. are the Super Bowl. We're like gearing up to see who's going to win. But it turns dark when then people begin attacking other people in the comments because they disagree. And it's like, at the end of the day, it is reality TV, but it comes with this thing of mob mentality. And sometimes the Bravo community can get so just, it it can get too much. And it's that, that like jumping on the bandwagon of like, we're going to take this person down now, or because your team, this person, you're automatically like... I don't know if you you watched Real Housewives of Potomac this year, but the team Monique, team Candace thing, like the internet was toxic. And I was like, this is like a lot. This is a reality show. Oh my gosh. That would be a messy, messy show to watch. I don't even know how like that would be able to play out. But mob mentality is something that has been so curious and such a volatile thing to be. How do people decide to bandwagon? Like what is going on in someone's head when they decide to just join that kind of crusade? So, I mean, human beings are social creatures naturally. So we all deep down have this desire to be part of a pack, right? We want to be part of a group. And a lot of times if this group, you know, you want to be part of this, you know, community, if one person is being targeted, there is this sense of belonging that takes place when you're kind of conforming and jumping in. And it also is this weird, like the boiling frog phenomenon. Have you heard about this? Like, no, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very strange analogy, but I find myself using it quite frequently. So if you throw a frog into a pot of boiling water, they're going to hop out. It's hot. They're going to be like, Oh shit. And they're going to hop out of the pot. But if you put a frog in room temperature water, and you slowly start to crank up the heat, the frog will die because it gets used to the temperature at each new level until it doesn't recognize this is too hot. I need to get out. And that's what kind of slowly starts to happen in these mob mentality situations sometimes where you might find yourself like, God, Facebook is like the butt of the universe, like the (laughs) armpit of of social media. Like it just always, I have never seen a Facebook group that doesn't eventually implode and become like the most toxic place in the universe. But if you think of these Facebook groups, like they're formed with great intentions. Most of them, I would say like, nobody's going into a Facebook group. That's like, let's just like really like tear people apart. But a culture is formed, you know, like a culture is formed within this group. And then maybe somebody starts sharing screenshots and gossip and another person starts sharing more. And then it's like this fun, like, oh my God, this Facebook group has so much like insider tea. You got to join. And then all of a sudden, maybe there is like a screenshot share that's like kind of sketchy, but like, it's still really like juicy tea. So everybody's going along with it. And the frog starts to get boiled, right? Like the temperature is starting to rise until all of a sudden you look around and you're like, how did I get a part of this? How did I think it was fine to be like making certain jokes that I'm making? Like, this is really not okay, but because everybody's doing it, it's normalized. 
And it really takes like a step back to be like, oh shit, like what is happening here? You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. So you just, it's just about getting like caught up and sort of swept out with it all. What is your experience with people in like your comment section or people in like your DMs that are maybe trying to like do the the frog in the boiling pot situation? Yeah. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm in an interesting spot because because of what I do in my real life, I never want to be purposely malicious or mean or harming somebody else's mental health. Like at the end of the day, it should be an all in good fun. Now I will have my certain people that just like rub me the wrong way. I'm sorry. Your friend Jax is one of them. Like I just, the man, I just can't like when it comes to him, I will. Yeah. I'll get the occasional DM. I'll get the occasional comment. I think it's Early on, I made it important for me as a content creator that I'm going to moderate my comments. I never want my comment section to be a place that is harmful or triggering to somebody else. Anytime I get that vibe from somebody, I just kind of shut it down because I'm like, I want to be in charge of fostering the community. And in my little corner of the interwebs, it's it's remained for the most part pretty good, I would say so far. Yeah, because I think social media, Instagram can be a very volatile, very toxic place, especially, and it can definitely take a toll on your mental health. You know, people can be lashing out and taking it out on other people and bullying people and being awful and mean. And then also, you know, people could be, you know, suffering because it's, you know, in excess, there's, you know, the content that we're constantly seeing is, you know, not accurate representation, whether it's like, you know, heavily edited and filtered and we're consuming that and then we're, you know, feeling bad about ourselves. So what is like your just take overall on sort of like the direction that it's gone and like how it has affected people and like as a whole? I feel like it's important that we don't discount the fact that we have been living through a global pandemic and suffering a collective trauma for the past year. And we are, like I've said, humans are social beings, social creatures. And what we have gone through in this past year collectively is not in any way, shape or form normal or okay. You know, like we've been suffering loss. We've been suffering lack of connection. We have people dying. Like it has been a really tough year. And so I think that a lot of times um, there was a really interesting study that came out of Japan that had to do with loneliness. And the fact that loneliness is actually a lot of times linked with aggression, because if we're lonely, we actually have an unmet need. And so we are seeking out human connection kind of by any means necessary. So we're drawing attention to ourselves so that we can engage with others. And a lot of times if we don't have those skills or if we're hurting so deeply, we're not thinking about, okay, how can I reach out to a friend and talk, or how can I engage in this comment section and, you know, share thoughts and ideas in like a positive manner. No, if we're hurting, we're like, this person's outfit is ugly. I'm going to comment on it. And then somebody says, how dare you say that? And suddenly you are having a conversation. It might not be a positive one, but you, you're having that need met. You're, you were lonely and now you're engaging with 25 people who are arguing back with you. It's a lot easier for most people to feel angry than to think about how sad you are that maybe you haven't hugged your mom in a year. It's a lot easier to be angry at this fictional character on your television show that you don't know than to think about how sad you are that, you know, you 
you lost somebody in your family. Like it's anger is a very easy emotion to experience because there's something empowering about it. And especially when we've been stuck inside, it's not empowering to feel sad and to feel helpless and to feel like we're not in control of our lives. And so, yeah, it makes sense that we've seen this uptick of this aggressive online behavior, especially, and we won't go into it in detail, but like, especially with the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, with the election that we had, like we have gone through a lot and we are dealing with a tremendous amount as just a collective society. So yeah, it's much easier to tell somebody that you hate their bangs on TV, you know? (laughs) We're going to take a quick little break. So I have been dreaming of traveling again so, so, so much. I miss it so much. I don't know if I want to go to like a tropical place with a beach or like a really exciting city like Paris, which is my favorite. I cannot wait to travel. I just want to get away with my away suitcase. It's my favorite Before we had to replace our suitcases all the time, it felt like because the wheels would break or the handles would break or the zippers would break. The best part is all of Away's suitcases are designed to last a lifetime. They've got that durable exterior that can withstand those baggage handlers. Trust me, I know from experience. And I love to be organized when I travel and all of their suitcases come with an interior organization system and also comes with a hidden and removable laundry bag so your dirty nasty socks don't have to touch the rest of your clothes so it keeps you nice and organized throughout your trip and the 360 spinner wheels glide so smoothly through the airport so you can just get to your gate super super quick and there is a 100 day trial on everything away makes so you can take the product out on the road live with it travel with it even get lost with it for a hundred days. And if you decide it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period. Awesome. Start your 100 day trial and shop the entire away lineup of travel essentials, including their best selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash YGLM. That's awaytravel.com slash Y-G-L-M. All right, back to the podcast. I mean, if, if somebody is feeling anger and they don't know how to deal with it properly, what do you suggest? Like, how does somebody handle that properly so they're not exploding on other people, so they're not taking it out on other people? Like, how does somebody properly manage that emotion so that it's being exercised in a way that's healthy. Yeah. Well, funny you say exercise because I know it's what (laughs) nobody wants to hear, but physical movement. And I'm not talking about, you don't have to get a Peloton. You don't have to, you know, join a gym, but just physical movement in any way. If it's going for a walk, if it's sometimes, I mean, this is the phase I'm at in my personal quarantine journey. Sometimes like walking up and down the stairs, doing laundry, I get out of breath. Like that's physical motion. You're like, you're moving, you know, but doing something physical to get that rage out of you is definitely important because it's an energy 
anger is an energy. You know that feeling. Like anybody who's listening, you can close your eyes and you can picture in your body where you hold your anger. If you feel it, if your face gets hot, if you feel it in your stomach, if you feel it, sometimes I'm an I'm a angry crier. So I feel my anger right in my throat because it's like, as soon as I hit that level of anger, the tears are coming. I wish I was not an angry crier, but that's just how I am. I also therapy. I feel like every single person should be in therapy. Therapists should be in therapy. Everybody needs to be in therapy. And, um, especially now if you're wary or if you have anxiety about starting the process, you can get a telehealth session because of COVID. So if you wanted to try it out, we're all very used to zoom these days. Like it's a good chance to just try it out. You don't even have to leave your home, just try it. And I always say, Therapy is kind of like dating. Like you really have to find somebody you have a connection with. And there's nothing wrong with breaking up with a therapist that you're not vibing with because you're, this is a service. Like they should be providing you with something that you're getting value from. And so, yeah, I would say if you're experiencing a lot of anger, if you're experiencing a lot of anything, therapy is always a great way to start. Also, if you're somebody that's prone to like wanting to create a Finsta and just like causing chaos in the internet, find a creative outlet. Like that is a very creative thing that you've done. It's a very, you know, adaptive thing that you've done. You're creating a persona. So maybe start journaling or writing or scribbling. Like there's something very cathartic, you know, as, as we were kids and we would color and we would just like take the crayons and like make a mess. There's something releasing about that. So doing things that are going to get that energy out of you by whatever means necessary. So whatever type of person, if you're a sports person running, if you're a creative person painting, doing something that's going to be creative to get it out of you that doesn't involve harming somebody else. Yeah. Amen to that. I mean, I am one of those people that has to do something tactile to get certain kinds of energy out. That's why on the show, you've seen me take up weird things. I attempted knitting. That was, it's, that is really hard. Uh, Props (laughs) to anyone that knows how to do it, but you've seen me color on the show. You've seen me fold laundry on the show. Those are, I do those things because it is like a form of therapy to me. I talk about this often. So I feel like as human creatures, it's innate in us to judge people. We do it all the time. We do it when we watch TV. We do it when we're sitting at a restaurant. You know, we people watch and we, you know, judge people. We make up stories or opinions about people. So I've always wondered like why, what that is and what that process is. Aside from us just taking in information and optics of what's in front of us, what is it about us that wants to figure out information about people? Is it just curiosity? Well, it started out as a really adaptive feature of, of human beings that back in the day when we were cave people, you know, living in caves and trying to stay alive, we were constantly judging the situation. Is this safe? Is this okay? Am I, am I going to stay alive? Am I going to get food? Okay. Is this somebody that should be in my tribe? Is this somebody trustworthy? Is this somebody that's going to protect me? So all those things are natural. And also now in today's you know, we're doing the same thing today. We're assessing for safety. We're assessing for friendship. And I think it also, it goes back to that word introspection that you really have to start asking yourself when you find yourself judging people, like, what am I trying to accomplish here? 
am I trying to, and sometimes like it can be really beneficial, right? Like you can be judgmental to your friend when she walks out of her room wearing a horrendous outfit and you're like, "Mm, maybe not that one tonight. Like let's try again. You know, like you can, there's something adaptive and, and there can be something that's, that's good about judging, right? Like that's how we learn and grow is by learning new information and by, um, finding out new things. But if you're judging because A, you see something in the other person that you don't like about yourself, like I talked about earlier, or B, you're judging the other person to affirm the choices that you have made in your life, like Mm. two things can be true. I can make a choice and that doesn't make your choice any less valid. A lot of times I go back to the struggle of motherhood, that a woman can make the choice, and it's funny, we're seeing this play out on New Jersey right now, but a woman can make a choice to stay at home, and that can be a beautiful, lovely choice for her family. Another woman can make the choice to be a working mom, or another woman can make the choice to be childless. And all of those choices are perfectly valid and should should be accepted and celebrated because we all as women have agencies over our own lives. And so it's so easy to be pit against each other and to say, well, I made the choice to stay home. So therefore your choice to go to work is unacceptable because we're inherently trying to affirm to ourselves, okay, shit, wait, did I not make the right choice? Because she's really happy and she's at work. So it's like, if we're judging so that we can make ourselves feel better, we really need to start working on just making ourselves feel better without anybody else's involvement. Wow. I've never thought of it like that. I try hard to like, to think of it like in that way, you know, where I'm not being like judgmental. Cause I feel like that's the difference between like judging, assessing or whatever, you know, and then being judgmental. Cause I feel like that to me, it's described as like judgmental when you're just kind of like, judging people's life choices against your own. And, you know, but I feel like, you know, again, we will judge people initially without all the information. And then as more information becomes available, then, you know, connection and empathy will kick in. You know, I mean, I've, I've definitely made judgments off people. I mean, I feel like I have good joy, judge of character, you know, like that's why sometimes I'll meet people and, you know, sometimes like right away, I'll be like, okay, like, I can kick it with this person. Like I get a good like read off of them. And then with other people, I'm like, no, no. I'm just someone, I feel like my intuition and my gut is just always so much louder than anything else. And I cannot ignore it. And I don't feel like I should. I don't want to apologize for that because it's just like, that's my guiding light in my life. You were low key, one of the most like aggressively targeted people on Bravo, as far as people just finding reasons to tear you apart. So I think it speaks to how strong you are that you've always trusted your gut and been able to like know who you are as a person. Cause I find that a lot of times intuitive people go through a phase of second guessing themselves because they're like, well, I should be this way or I should be this way. But it sounds like you've always like known who you are. And that's probably how, cause I can't imagine, like, how was that experience for you? Those couple of rough seasons in a row of like, what, what was that like in your DMs and in your like social media presence? I mean, it's, it was hard. It's really hard. I mean, and not going to lie. Yeah. If anything, sometimes when I would get that, I'm just like, am I a little bit, you know, but then, then very quickly it's like, no, 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 no. Like these opinions, these are not the ones you should be listening to, you know, but it can be really hard, especially when you're being 
vulnerable about certain insecurities and insecurities in your relationship and talking about, you know, trust issues and things like that and trying to be open about those things and share your journey. And then, you know, people just want to attack, attack, attack. Everyone has had bad relationships. Everyone has had bad fights with the person that they love. And, you know, you make the choice to work on those things and improve. And I don't think people should be, you know, criticized for trying to improve. I think they should be celebrated for trying to improve and grow. Because isn't that ultimately what we're all trying to do is become better people and to change our minds and grow and learn new information. And so why aren't we then celebrating that when we see it in a different person, you know? Exactly. And also it's our job as humans to fuck up. When you're watching a show and, and, and you're seeing people air fantastically, and, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's what happens. And then to see how they, you know, learn hopefully and come out of that and what they do to change and grow from that. I mean, that's kind of beautiful, I think. But I think sometimes people don't want that. And then to me, that's like a little sad. And I think that sometimes, and I'll find myself going down that trap too of like, I'm like, no, I don't want my reality stars to be these like evolved thinking, rational people. I want to see Tequila Katie, you know, being very judicious about her drinking. But <laughs> at the same time, like it's a natural progression of life. And we do want to see these character arcs because we all have character arcs within our real life. And I would just encourage anybody who has gotten in the habit of sliding into DMs with like constructive feedback, we'll call it, but maybe that is not the type of constructive feedback, like, Hey, maybe you look into this resource, but constructive feedback. That's like, Hey, I hate you. And you're dog is ugly. I don't know. Just like ridiculous things that you feel like you should weigh in on before you press that send button, really take time and just take a second and say, how would I feel if my best friend got this message? How would I feel if my best friend was going through this and somebody on the internet told them what I'm about to tell this person? Because I think what gets lost a lot of times, especially with celebrities and Bravo celebrities is you guys are still people. you're still human beings. And yes, you're entertaining and you've been chosen to be on reality TV for X, Y, and Z, but you're still, there's still a person on the other end of that, that is reading this message potentially and could be harmed. And so just the same as if you're having like self negative talk to yourself, I always encourage, like, if you're, if you're somebody that's constantly putting yourself down, would you say those things to your best friend? I would also say the same for trolling of, would you give this criticism to your best friend? And the answer might be, yes, it could be that a a Bravo celebrity or a celebrity is doing something that's problematic. And if it were your best friend, you would want to address it, but how would you address it with them? Would you tell them that they're a moron and they're an idiot and that they shouldn't, they shouldn't ever be on anything ever again because they're a terrible person? No, you would say, Hey, you said this, and this is why it could be an issue. And here, look into it like this. So I think how you approach a situation also matters. And at the end of the day, like there's a person that's going to be reading it. Yeah. I don't think there's any, I mean, I'm more than welcome to hearing, you know, that kind of constructive feedback. Like that's more than fine. I mean, I'm somebody that can have humility and I think we all, you know, can 
learn from those kinds of lessons for sure. But no one's going to listen if you're just like, you, you're a dumb bitch. Like, right. It's just, I'm just going to scroll right past that. It doesn't, that's not going to register <laughs> with me, you know, but it's not all like that. There's some amazing people that want to just reach out and share some love, which I am more than happy to receive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. This has been so amazing. And I thank you so much for sharing all of your, your wisdom and insight into all of this. I want to end this with the rage text of the day. So what or who or to, to anything would you send your rage text to? So I'm going to lovingly send a rage text to my husband who I call (laughs) Dr. Bald, not a medical doctor, just a man that went bald at 22. Um, (laughs) And my rage text would probably read as follows. Dear Dr. Bald, the dishes that you put in the sink right next to the empty dishwasher. That's not where they go though. Like just one little swift movement to the dishwasher from the sink. That's how we complete this journey. Mm. Thank you. Sincerely, Kelsey. (laughs) Also, same can be said about the empty Coke Zero can right above the trash can. Why? Like why? It's, It's just right there. It's right there. And the socks right next to the hamper. Mm-hmm. Just, you're so close. You're so close. <laughs> husbands, husbands. Anyways, um, thank you again so much, Chelsea. Everyone, make sure you follow Chelsea on Instagram at Ono Bravo. Is there anywhere else that you want people to find you? No. <laughs> um, no, you can follow me at Ono Bravo. I always say like, maybe start by muting my stories. Like a bad pop song, I will weasel my way into your heart and mind, but it's high key a lot. Like I post a hundred million times a day. So just mute me at first. You'll have um, Stockholm syndrome. You'll love me in no time. I promise. It's a, it's a good, it's a good ride on the stories. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. All right. Well, until next time, everyone, be kind to yourselves and enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. 